This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the Preview Podcast. My name is Paul Wheelock and on this show we will be looking ahead to the massive match between Liverpool and Manchester United at Anfield on Sunday. Manchester City's victory over Everton means only a win will see Jurgen Klopp's side go back to the top of the Premier League table. But victory over United is something the Reds have not achieved in the league since March 2014. However, there is no question which of the two clubs is the one who are on the up. And to preview the match and to examine why there is such a huge points difference between the bitter rivals, I spoke to the Daily Mirror's David Anderson. You will then hear from our Liverpool FC correspondent James Pearce after he attended Jurgen Klopp's press conference on Friday. You will then hear Jose Mourinho's press conference in full, which also took place on Friday. But as I say, we will start with my chat with David Anderson. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, hi, David. Thanks very much for joining me on this podcast uh, to preview Liverpool versus Manchester United on Sunday. Good to have you on, mate. No problem, Paul. My pleasure. Yeah, well, you know, these are two clubs you've covered over the years, haven't you? And uh, for a lot of that time, I imagine United were the team on top. But uh, I think it's fair to say that balance of power has shifted uh, towards the other end of the East Lanks Road now. It, it has. I must say, uh, it's incredibly... I suppose you'd have to go back. I can't even think back maybe to the, to the 80s, 70s last time. I think they got into this game and here we are just before Christmas and Liverpool 16 points ahead of United at the table Liverpool top United down in 6th and um, you know really United as we say back home they're not within a hands guard of Liverpool really they're, they're really you know they are different lately it was interesting seeing some quotes from Steve McMahon they're just coming out you know midweek talking about you know miles miles better than them you know different league and all that and it, it certainly is that in terms of the Premier League but I think it's a lot of Liverpool fans know you, they would still be sort of a bit wary of this fixture because if there's one fellow who can get a result against uh, Liverpool, it's uh, Jose Mourinho. Of course, we'll come to that in a moment. But you, you mentioned there, it's so true. 16 points the gap between the sides. Do you think that's testament to the job that Klopp and the off the field team are doing at Liverpool? Yeah. But do you think in a way United should should be that far behind? It, it, no, you... not at all. I think if you look, these two teams are a good example. If you look at what Klopp's doing with Liverpool, like talk about somebody's getting an absolute maximum out of that team. You know, let's not forget Paul, all those great title winning sides of Liverpool, eighteen of them in total. None of them ever had this. Um, like I know it's two points from back then, but certainly nobody's had this tally of thirteen wins and three draws from the first sixteen games. And like, you know, a lot of Liverpool fans will remember the eighty-seven, eighty-eight team, which seemed to be the benchmark of brilliance. And uh, you know, even that one, you know, which didn't just win games, they hammered teams. You know, it, they didn't have this sort of return after this uh, this, this stage of the season. But then you like, then you flip it and you look at United and. You go through that squad and you think, well, you know, we're not bad players. Paul Bob was a World Cup winner back in France. But Josie, whatever is going on, he just seems to be getting the least. If Klopp's getting the most out of his players, then Josie's getting the least. And it's almost like he's making brilliant players good players and good players average players, you know, with Klopp's doing the reverse. And I think Free United fans is extremely worrying. There's, there's a lack of identity. You look at that United team, you don't know what they are. Are they an attacking team? Are they a possession team? Are they a counter-attacking team? What, what are they? You know, the, the scenes have lost that. And, you know, you listen to what he was coming out with uh, today, you know, talking about his comments about, um, you know, this is not my team, those are my identity. And you think, well, what have you been doing for the last two and a half years? <laughs> you know, that is sort of shocking. You, you know, you think, go back to the club thing when he came in October 2015. Straight away, you could see what the identity was. Remember Lallana, almost that first year with Tottenham, the way he was leading that high press and did those fantastic results in that Europa League run. You could see what what he wanted. Maybe he didn't have good enough players, but you could see straight away. It was you know, two and a half years into Jose. And 
it's, it's a remarkable steal for the end but I still don't. The team still doesn't have my identity. So what's like the temperature like there over at Old Trafford? It's pretty clear Mourinho doesn't look like he's enjoying himself, or he looks pretty unhappy. Yeah. What's the kind of feeling you know when it's you've covered them recently? Not happy at all, you know, yeah. a couple of games. Well, I think what's remarkable for you when you think going back to Old Trafford and you think, oh, a place for opposition teams fear to tread, and you knew they were going to get beat and stuff. That fear factor's completely gone. Uh, like I've done a, a couple of games, and uh, you know there was the the nil nil pass and the nil nil pass. Like that nil nil pass was just just abject, and it's almost it's just silence. You know what I mean? It's almost it's not even that the fans. It's just that stunned silence and apathy. And all oh, right, oh here we go. You know, and there's not even that sort of right rising. Let's get behind it. Let's do this. And then you know when the final whistle goes, there's a few, few boos, but then they sort of applaud the players because they still sort of stick with it. And it's just. It's quite shocking to see, really. There's some, uh, you know, Grimwich was so scary for opposition teams. It's almost like, well, no, it's just, it's just a sixth place team in the, in the Premier League. There's nothing to, nothing to fear here, really. They really have um, lost their way, and I think looking at it, you know, big term, like I know, um, you know, I sort of judge it on the top four qualifying for Champions League, and there's no way you're going to get the top four because this is a remarkable season that the teams at the top are just beating everybody. The only points they drop are against each other, so. How are they going to put together a run to get even close to Arsenal, you know, Chelsea, Spurs, and like you know, forget about you know Liverpool and, uh, and Manchester City? It's going to be, I think. Well, I think I don't think they're going to do it really. Um, and then you sort of ask the question: Well, what happens in the summer? Then you think, well, it has to be changed. You have to bring somebody in who can put some sort of stamp and identity on that team because uh, they just don't have one. Yeah, Klopp certainly gives Liverpool an identity, hasn't he? It's, uh, by the by, the passing weeks, it's, it's so clear what that he knows exactly what he's doing, doesn't he? And it's you know at the moment top of the league, as you said, best um, best start ever to a season, and, yeah. and through in the Champions League as well. Yeah, and I think you know a lot of that big moment, you know, Paul, recently is that late late derby winner for Diva Origi because you know that it seems like a lifetime ago now. What was that about sort of twelve yeah. days? Yeah. That was that was such a big moment because at that point Liverpool. City had won, so City had opened up a five-point gap, and with their, you know, superior goal difference at the time, the feeling was, oh, right, Liverpool are going to draw, they're going to, you know, drop two points to Everton. So, so what would that mean? They have say four points or something. And then you, you know, what I mean, you start to think, oh, there's a gap there. You know, City have got that bit of, you know, gap which we don't want them to do because they had that last season, and, you know, never let up. But instead, they get that winner. Uh, Liverpool then go to, to Burnley, or one 0 down. You know, but then have the confidence, despite all those seven changes, that we, we know we've got the quality to win this match. You know, Burnley are playing probably one of their best performances of the season. Still managed to turn around those three late goals you know, in the last 30 minutes to win 3-1. Then you go into the weekend games. Um, Liverpool, what a job they did in Bournemouth. Yeah. You see in Mohamed Salah and you're thinking, wow, this fellow's back. And then, of course, then you have um, that evening then City losing to Chelsea. And all of a sudden, in the space of a week, from fearing that Liverpool would slip for whatever it was points behind City and significant development now they're a point ahead and they say that that's really 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 key and you can just feel the confidence now in, in sort of Liverpool they all, as you said all know what they're doing Paul you know the, 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 the tails are up you saw it against Napoli really they should, they should have scored about three or four against Napoli like what was Sadio Mane doing uh, but more importantly you're seeing that Mohamed Salah you know scoring goals like he did last season where it's almost like just give me the ball and I'll take it from here lads you just you just you know, get ready for the celebration. Well, not that I'm going to celebrate, but you can jump on me because that's strange. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you know, but he, he's doing it all almost of himself, and I think that's really encouraging because then you sort of think, "Ooh, Mohamed Salah didn't score against United last season." Probably one of the few teams he didn't. So you think, "Ooh, what a time to put that right on uh, Sunday afternoon." You know, from the Liverpool point of view, if you could, uh, 
you know, waltz through United's what passes for a defence and uh, score against the hair, really. Yeah, on on the form, that that should happen. But as you touched on here when we started this conversation, he's got a bit of history, Mourinho, hasn't he? Against Klopp and yeah. against Liverpool, he he spoiled the party once or twice in the past. Like, yeah. like last season, he got two decent results. I've done it with Chelsea. Is there that, still that little danger in maybe yeah, in Liverpool, you know, I, that he could I, happen I again? You, the one asset you need, I've got, like we just talked about how he's getting the least out of his players. But like the one thing about Jose is the master of getting results. Other people like Guardiola. It's all about the performance. It's all about style. It's all about the aesthetic. But Jose saw all that. I want wins. Wins bring you points. Points bring you prizes. Bring you trophies. And that's the one thing he's done. Like, he, he's done it to Liverpool. Like, there's, there's been, there's been well, yeah, four league meetings between the sides. Uh, twice he's come down and parked the bus. And then uh, the last then there was a draw to Old Trafford. And then, of course, the last season's game, you know, when, when they beat. They basically mugged Liverpool. Liverpool were the better team. But he almost said, you know what? You can have the ball. You know what I mean? And you're thinking, this is unheard of almost at Old Trafford where you stand up and say, you can have the ball, yeah. we're going to sit and we're going to sit and we're going to hit you on the break or set pieces, which is exactly what they did. And they picked Liverpool's pockets where, you know, Liverpool, a little bit naive in the defence. Remember, that was a bad day for um, Trent Alexander-Arnold. They got that 2-0 lead. Then, of course, it was very difficult for Liverpool to claw the way back into the game, you know, from going behind so early. Got the one goal in the second but just just wasn't enough despite the pressure. You know, United then... Had a semblance of defence to be able to, to repel them. And, you know, Jose's history with Liverpool's a marker. It goes all the way back to when he first arrived with, you know, in England with Chelsea in 2004. There's some talk about Liverpool 1 and 2 being up for Chelsea. And then, of course, the whole history of the, the goal school in the Champions League, those epic battles in the Champions League. Liverpool beat them in the semi finals. And you could tell it riled him. And he loved beating Liverpool. And, you know, Liverpool fans remember, unfortunately, that when Chelsea came and Liverpool chasing the title, but in many respects, everybody thinks, oh, it's, it's sandwiched between two, uh, what was it, Champions League semi-final against Atletico Madrid, you know, not many players, you think, oh, you'll rest people, it's almost as if this game doesn't matter that much, but yet, they were out, and, and he made Chelsea yeah. play as if they were the ones going to win the title, and of course, again, mugged Liverpool, got away with that 2-0 win, that, that basically was the death knell for Liverpool, I don't think one about it, you know, the Crystal, Crystal Palace, that, that was sort of yeah. it, and, the satisfaction he took from that yeah. afterwards when he sat in his press conference. You know what I mean? He, you know, short of sticking those, you know, the ball in the net himself, I don't think he could have been, you know, happier. And you sort of think he does take a great delight and, and stick him on up at Liverpool and say that's the one thing that will really motivate him on Sunday. He will look at the, the, the headlines, he'll look at the press and see, everyone's writing me off, everyone's saying it's going to be a cowboy. Right, I'll show them. I'll show them. I'll, I'm on a device. System. I'm going to frustrate them. I'm not going to let them play. I'm going to sit back. We're going to hit them on the break. We're going to do them in set pieces. You know, and, and you know, you never know. At least get a draw. And who, you know, maybe even maybe even a win. Yeah, does he have a point? I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. Do you think he has a point that he may think the press and the, the public are against him a bit? Because he you know, you look at yeah. his trophy collection, even at United his first season he won trophies and, and Klopp is yet to win that first one at Liverpool. Do you think he's got a point at all or do you think yeah, I, I think if you take a step back and look at a point even include Mauricio Pochettino in this one apparently yeah. you know, the second coming really. You, you know, as you say he still hasn't won anything and won't win anything at all. You, you do look at Joe saying I think I think unfortunately a lot of the team is personal because he's always kind of controversial he's always saying stuff and doing stuff he's inviting criticism but you're right but I think there is not enough respect for what that fella has done because you know you talk about somebody who's won you know the title in Portugal Italy Spain and England nobody's done that no you know like I know people like Ancelotti have gone around in Guardiola but you know 
if you look at what Josie did, he has only done it with the most fashionable team, you know, if you think of Porto at that time, and even what he did with his Milan was absolutely astounding. They won the you know, Serie A title and the Champions League in that season. But you're right, so I don't think he gets that. And, and then, you know, I remember we had a discussion with Gary Neville recently, and he says, well, look, you know, since, since, um, yeah, okay, even if you look since he's come in, right, in 2016, he's won the Europa League and he's won a League Cup. He said, well, what, Liverpool won on that side? You know, despite the perception that this is a glory area for Liverpool because they're playing so well, and the same Tottenham haven't won anything. Yeah. Arsenal won nothing on that period. So, so there is that sort of, you're right, he, he does sort of deserve a bit more respect. But then there's that flip side where he's still spending loads of money yeah. as a Manchester United manager. And, and, and this campaign, if you're judging it on this season and this Premier League campaign, I'm not being funny, but he should have been sacked back in October because this is absolutely diabolical. I cannot think of a team that is underperforming more than, than Manchester United are to be sixth and not even close to you know the top teams. Yeah, just before I just before I let you go, mate, you've you said it, you nail on that day, you know he's going to try and spoil the party on Sunday, park the bus, but do you think he's got a, the defence to do that? Do you think he can, however he plays, do you think he can keep Liverpool you know, out? Possibly the point, because the previous two seasons he did, but I always remember when Liverpool were flying two seasons ago and they came as a Monday night match or something after the I think they made been top of the league, and he just parked the bus, settled for a nil-nil and wasn't bothered in the slightest. And then last season, again, came and frustrated them. Liverpool's is a little bit different, but you right now you look at it and you sort of think, well, he doesn't know who his best defence yeah. is. Like he seems to like Lindelof, but of course he's now got cropped. And you're right, and, and the, you know, and the, all the rest of it, he, every single player you go through, he's more or less calling them out and bending them down the point in the group, with Valencia, with his Luke Shaw, or Smalling and Jones, you know, questioning the mental frailty, you know, mental frailty and all that. And I think man have to play through the pain barrier and, you know, never mind what he said about, you know, Martial and, and, and Pogba and all that. It's, it is incredible. So you're right. You, you sort of think, but but can can we then do it? And I don't think about Joe. Is it usually when his back against the wall? We can pull yeah. these results. And again, what we must not mustn't forget is Liverpool versus Manchester United. And you know, if, if you're in that Man United camp, you know, and all this sort of negativity and stuff, my if there's one game that could sort of turn everything around, if you could go to Anfield and win and get a result. And let's not forget, Liverpool haven't beaten United in the league since March 2014. This this is this has been a tricky fixture, a difficult fixture for Liverpool. You know, you know, it's not like the derby where they just turn up and they win it. You know, they've really got to do something here. And you know, I think they, they must not be complacent. They must not think that, all right, you know, it's it's this is going to be easy. But if they go out and they play their football and they're confident, do what they've been doing in the last few weeks. They should win. David, thanks very much for joining us on this podcast, mate. Hope you enjoy the game on Sunday. No problem, Paul. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, we've just heard from Jurgen Klopp ahead of Liverpool's massive Premier League clash with arch-rivals Manchester United at Anfield on Sunday. The Liverpool manager saying uh, what an honour it is for him to be associated with this uh, historic fixture. He talked about how uh, he used to watch these contests between Liverpool and United when he was in Germany. Um, it was put to him that this was the uh, the English equivalent of El Clasico. And uh, he said, you know, he, he felt as if he'd been part of the German equivalent, of course, with, uh, with Dortmund, Schalke. Uh, and now very proud to be leading Liverpool into battle against Jose Mourinho's side on Sunday. Of course, there's a big gulf between the teams in terms of the Premier League table this season. 16 points. Liverpool haven't gone into a league game against United with that kind of advantage in the table since March 1990. When, of course, Kenny Dalglish's side were a couple of months away from winning the title. 
Um, back then, I think it was it was 24 points after that one. United at the time were were battling relegation. Liverpool were were flying high, but of course, since then, there'd been a, a massive power shift. Liverpool uh, have been uh, have been playing catch up for most of those three decades since. But under Klopp, they now really are a force to be reckoned with once again. And uh, Klopp was asked about United's plight this season. Of course, there's been you know a lot of doom and gloom around Old Trafford. Um, Mourinho has uh, has come in for a lot of criticism, uh, and rightly so when you when you look at how much money he's spent. I know Mourinho has has gone on again today about uh, about the the lavish spending that he he talks about at Anfield. But when you actually look at what the two managers have spent since the summer of 2016, when Mourinho came in, I think I think Klopp has spent about 400 million. Mourinho's nearer to 380, um, so hardly any difference at all, really. But you know the big difference is that uh, Klopp's brought back in over 300 million um, in terms of sales and, and Mourinho's net spend is uh, is much 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 greater I think uh, you know he's only brought in about 100 and 120 million pounds so um, it's it's a huge game it always is when these two go head to head Klopp was desperate not to not to stoke the fires I guess ahead of Sunday he he spoke about how um, he sees this Manchester United side as better than their league position and points tally suggests. He said he'd done the analysing. He said, and when you ignore the criticism around United, he said, you know, they have still got great players. Um, you know, he talked up their their their, their strength and skill, uh, and also the heroics of David De Gea in goal. Um, and of course, Liverpool have found United a tough nut to crack under Klopp. You know, it's the only Premier League team he hasn't beaten. He's come up against 26 different teams in the league, beaten 25 of them. United are the one missing from his collection. I think there's been three draws and and two defeats. Of course, Liverpool haven't even scored in the last three league meetings with United at Anfield. That one 0 defeat when Rooney scored, and then two goalless draws in recent weeks, uh, in recent seasons. Sorry. So um, Liverpool certainly owe United one, and and Sunday is absolutely key in terms of maintaining this momentum on the high of that uh, Champions League triumph over Napoli in midweek. Klopp um, confirming. Uh, the story that we had on the Echo site earlier today that Trent Alexander-Arnold would miss the weekend um, with the ankle injury he suffered against Napoli I understand he's also a big doubt for that trip to Wolves next Friday um, but it'll be monitored on a on a day-to-day basis um, and you know defensively it does Liverpool does leave Liverpool short of course Joe, Joe Gomez out with that fractured leg and Joel Matip with a broken collarbone they and Lovren will come in at centre-back alongside Virgil van Dijk on the weekend um, Klopp also confirming that Nathaniel Klein has been back in full training this week um, of course Klein hasn't played a single minute of Premier League football this season just just that league cup outing for him. Klopp said he is available for selection, um, but did say you know he, he, he questioned whether Klein would have 90 minutes in him. I still think the most likely option is that we see James Milner at right back, just because it would be a big, a big ask. Despite Klein's wealth of experience, I think his lack of football, um, you'd have to have concerns about throwing him into a game of this magnitude. Klopp was also asked about the uh, the prospect of strengthening his squad in January. Of, you know, he said a few weeks back something crazy would have to happen um, and since then he has lost two centre-backs for six weeks. Um, Klopp said that you know it was highly unlikely a few weeks back. He said, I think his, his phrase was probably not, um, we probably won't need to do anything because he, he hopes that certainly Gomez should be back by mid-January um, but he said it's something they have to consider and uh, certainly if Van Dijk or Lovren uh, was to have any issue at all over the next few weeks, then you know certainly a short-term fix uh, would suddenly become an absolute necessity when that window opens in January. So, uh, as you can imagine, you know a real buzz around this place at the moment. Liverpool enjoying their best start to a Premier League season in their history. 
uh, and also safely through to the last 16 of the Champions League in midweek. But those big games just keep on coming and uh, they don't get much bigger than Liverpool against Manchester United at Anfield on Sunday. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Morning. It looked on Wednesday like you might be facing a bit of a, a injury crisis going yeah. into this match. What's the latest you can tell us? No, the latest is is to 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 tell you again that in Valencia only De Gea and Matic were available to play and didn't travel by decision. A part of that, the players that didn't travel. They were not fit to play in Valencia. All of them, they had injuries and they were not ready. All of them, they didn't train yesterday again. And today, there will be a little, I don't want to say test, but a little introduction to training to see the answer, to see the adaptation and to see that we can increase a little bit tomorrow to have them available for um, uh, for Sunday. But for sure, some, I hope, I hope that for sure, so it's better not to say for sure, I hope that some will be, let's say, available, but for sure some will not be. Your reputation is about getting results in difficult places. That's one of the things you do really well. Is have you got the tools and the strategy to do that on Sunday? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I always try. And uh, I want to play a team that is capable to to be with me on that on that desire and on that uh, ambition and on that confidence. We know that we are going to play against the leader. We are going to play against the team in a high. But uh, we have our, our qualities, we have our potential. And even with the problems we have, and even with the doubts in terms of, of team choice, of tactics, approach, philosophy, we have doubts about everything because we don't know which players are available, but we are going to arrive on Sunday and with the players that we are going to have available, we are going to to have a team capable of going there and and fight for the victory. Jose, Liverpool have had a lot of praise this season, um, but they haven't won a trophy for quite a long time. Do trophies matter? Or is it about perception? I don't know. Depends on on the way you you approach it. I think trophies matter. Yeah, I think it matters, especially when you have the potential to fight for the trophies, and especially when when um, you clearly say that the objective is to win the trophy. I think sometimes. To say just to say is not very intelligent, you know. But when you have the potential, you have nothing to hide. You know from day one that your potential and um, your desire 
is has a relation with the potential because to say we want to win everybody can say that another thing is to to say in a conscient way in relation to the potential you have but um, I think I don't read much but I think Jurgen told already that they they want to win the the Premier League is their objective is is to win the Premier League. You said in the summer in America that Liverpool had to challenge for the title this season given the money they spent. Do you feel that to have had any chance of It's not just about it's not just about the money they spent in the summer. It's about uh, it's about many things. It's about many things. But do you feel that to have had any chance of competing for the title you had to have spent a similar amount in terms of reinforcing your squad? It's not just about spending money and reinforcing the squad. <coughs> uh, a football team is is more than that. A football team is not just about uh, spending the money. A football team is a little bit like a house too. Uh, a house is not just about buying new furniture. You have to do work in the house, and when the house is ready, then you buy the furniture, you spend money in the best possible furniture, and then you are ready to live in an amazing house. Jose, this Liverpool team, it feels very much like it's in the image of Jürgen. He's been able to build it to look very much like him. How far away is this United team from being in your image? Far. What, why is that? Far. But the reason? The reasons I was telling him is not just about, it's not just about football players. Do you, do you feel as though you've got enough credit going up against Klopp because his Liverpool haven't beaten your side. I think the only goals they've scored against you have been a penalty and an own goal. Uh, Pep went there recently, got nil-nil, didn't seem to get as much criticism as you did last season. Do you think there's a difference in perception there, that you treated unfairly? Well, I don't know what to say to you. I don't want to... I don't want to analyse that. I think... Uh, we got two positive results in Liverpool last season. We beat them at home. We didn't lose any match against them in in four, I think. But that that was the past, you know. That was the past. So Sunday has nothing to do with with what happened in the past. So I have to focus not on what happened, not on the credit that we were given or no. Um, I have to focus on on the next match. The next match is the one that is um, that is important. Um, and that's it. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.